0: Welcome to another great message at Anchor Church. We pray this message will encourage, inspire, and transform your life. Our heart is to share the hope of Jesus with our city and nation. But the title of my message this morning is Eyes That See. Eyes That See. And I really want to speak to you this morning about three things that we all do At the end of a year, you know, three things that we do naturally, and I don't know if it's something that's just been handed down from generation to generation, but we all end up doing three things. And the first one of those three things is we look back. Am I right? You know, we sit there towards the end of the year. It might be coming to holidays. It might be coming, you know, it might be the end of the year in December where your work is slightly less, and you're sitting there and you start thinking back about what you what you've done in this year, what you maybe haven't done in this year, the things that you've done well, the things that you've done badly and you you start evaluating what you've done throughout the year and i think for us in 2021 looking back it's pretty much 2021 and 2022 you know it feels like it was all bunched together with covid but the second thing we do is we rest you know naturally it comes to a season where even if you don't go away there's there's a break in your work you know most businesses close down even if it's just for a day or two but the majority of us go away we rest we spend time with our families you know, that's just something that we all generally do over December when it comes to the end of the year. And the third thing is that we look forward. We look at what we want to do in the year to come. We maybe look at the things that we want to do better or the things that we want to achieve or the things that, you know, these New Year's resolutions that the meme was speaking about. But I want to speak about those things today and, and you know, a little bit how of how the Lord changed some things in my heart around this a few years back. But let's just pray together before I get into the message. Father, we just thank you so much for every single person that is here this morning, Lord. We thank you, Father, that 2022 is a year that is so full of your grace and your mercy in every area of our lives, Father. And we thank you, Lord, that this is a year that we can press into you more than ever before. In your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. So let's start with that first point that I was speaking about, that point of of where we, where we look back. And, you know, as I mentioned, for many of us, That looks like us looking back over the year and assessing what we've done. You know, assessing the things that, you know, at the beginning of of last year, we probably would have had some goals and some things that we wanted to achieve. So, so often we look back and and we're looking and assessing and thinking, how has my life changed over the last year? How does it look different compared to the beginning of last year? And that results in two things, I believe, in your life. Firstly, it either results in you feeling a little bit maybe depressed, or a little bit hopeless around your situations, if situations haven't changed in your life, am I right? You know, especially over these, these last two years, there's so many things that, that we maybe haven't been able to achieve, or so many issues that we have faced, be it financially, be it um, with your health, be it so many different areas that we might have faced over this time. And when we look back, we can often feel a little hopeless around that. How are those things going to change in this year to come? The other the other thing that comes out of it is when we look back and we look at the things that we have done well. Am I right? You look back and maybe it was a better year for you than, than past years and you're like, flip, I did that so well. Like I grew in that amazingly. Like I crushed that. Like I moved forward in, in that area of my life. And a few years back before I was in ministry, I, I was in that space in my life where I was uh, in the business world and, and, I was, and I was working and I got to a space where I was looking back over my year, and I realized that nothing in my life was fulfilling me. Nothing in my life was changing, nothing in my life was feeling of any impact or fulfilling me in any way whatsoever. And the Lord started dealing with these things in my heart. And, you know, a a scripture that really came up a lot over the time was in 1 Peter 5, and it speaks about the fact that we need to humble ourselves under God, because, because God gives grace to the humble, but opposes the proud. And really, I didn't know what that meant. So here I was sitting, looking back, thinking to myself, what is going on in my life? What is going on? You know, what is going to change next year? Like, what have I done badly at? What have I done well? And, And the Lord started ministering to me about the fact that, really, what you're doing in that case is just pointing back to yourself. And that's where the title of my message comes out this morning. I want us to be able to have eyes that see Jesus in every area of our lives. And, you know, when we look back and we and we we look at the things that we've failed at, we start pointing to ourselves, what have I done wrong? What could I do better? What have I failed in? Why am I such a terrible person? And when we look at the things we've done well, we turn around and say, look how good I am. Look how well I've done this thing. And both of those things, at the end of the day, end up in brokenness. And it's because going into the new year, if you've had an amazing year, you're going to have to top that year next year. You're going to have to do better next year, otherwise you're going to fall into the, into the pressure the, or the feeling of hopelessness next year. And if you are in that place where you look back and felt hopelessness, you're going to work even harder to try and be a better person. And both of those things, unfortunately, end up in brokenness. And that's where I was at that time in my life. And the Lord really started dealing with me in my life over that time and dealing with these emotions that I was feeling. And... The first thing that the Lord dealt with me on when looking back was the fact that I didn't really have a revelation of how much I was loved by God. And I was a Christian, I've been a Christian my whole life, you know, I, I, I grew up in a, in a Christian family, but for some reason, you know, I was already serving at Anchor Church, I was in a, a, a grace preaching church, I felt like I had a, a revelation of grace in my life. Um, I was, you know, serving in multiple teams, heading up some teams, uh, running a community group. And the Lord started dealing with the fact that I didn't know how much I was loved by God. And in John 3, 16, this is obviously a scripture that most people know and quote so easily. And it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And that's a scripture we throw around so easily. You know, what is the scripture? What is your favorite scripture? John three sixteen. Is it because it's the only one you know? Yes. But... This is such an amazing scripture because it says, For God so loved you that he gave his one and only son. When you were a sinner, you were separated from God. We hadn't received Jesus. We didn't have that righteousness to have a relationship with God. He sent Jesus to die. The only thing he only has one of. This is God who created the heavens and the earth just by speaking it into being. And he sends the one thing that he only has one of, his son Jesus, to go through all that he went through for you. And for me, so we can be reunited to Him. And God started ministering these things to me and speaking to me about how much He loves me. And so I started pressing into that, and I started reading Scripture and, and listening to messages, trying to find out more, just more and more about how much God loves me, how much He cares for me. And, you know, I mentioned that Scripture that in 1 Peter 5 that God says, Humble yourself unto me, cast your cares unto me, because I give grace to the humble but oppose the pride, the pride. And... I didn't quite understand what that meant at the time, but what that scripture is really talking about is exactly what I was saying earlier. When we look back at these things and we don't see Jesus in our lives, we move into pride and the context of that is that we take things into our own strength. Humbling yourself under God by casting your cares unto Him is handing things over to Him to have His grace work in your life. And extend that grace into every area of your life and i 'm not talking about self grace for salvation right now you know we 've all if you 've received Jesus, this is a different context of grace. this is grace to sustain you grace to to transform you in your everyday life, grace to give you rest in your everyday life. But while I was going through this and pressing into how much he loves me and he was transforming that in my heart, I listened to a message and um, it 's related to to John three sixteen and the pastor said the The buyer determines the value of the good that he's buying. You know, if you go into a store and it's an old store and they have a few things there that look like absolute rubbish to everyone else, but you walk in there and there's something from your childhood, and for you that means something to you, and it could be something that is completely random, something that has no meaning to anybody else, and you pay that price for that good, and someone comes to your house and you hang it on your wall and it's really ugly And they're like, you paid how much for this thing? And the point is that if you wanted to buy that good from them, you would have to pay the price that they determine the value it is to them. So us looking back and looking at the things we have done and we haven't done, that's us giving a value to ourselves according to what we can do. That's us seeing our value according to what we have done or what we haven't done in the last year. But the truth is, when God sent Jesus to the cross for us, he determined our value already. He determined our value to be the blood shed that Jesus shed on the cross for us. He determined the value being everything that Jesus went on the cross to do for us. You know, we don't get to determine that value. He's already determined that for us. And this really started shaking my heart. You know, this really started getting me into a space where I, for the first time in my life, I started realizing how much I'm really loved by God. So that first point, talking about looking back, I want to encourage you guys, this is a practical way to go back and see your year through Jesus. You know, have eyes that see Jesus in your year rather than eyes that see your achievements or your failures. And for me, that looked like this. Getting still with God, sitting there and looking back and allowing God to minister to me and remind me of the things that He has been faithful to do in my life. Not my achievements, not the things I'm rubbish at, but the things that God has been so faithful to do in my life. And that results in this overwhelming presence of God's love in your heart, His grace in your heart. And, you know, this, this you can go back in your whole life if you want to. Sit and just feed on His faithfulness to your life. You know, so often we speak about going and, and reading Scripture and finding out how much God loves you, and that is so great and so powerful, but sometimes we can't connect to that because... We read it and we think to ourselves, that's so great, but will God do that for me? Does God love me? And so often we hear testimonies of people standing up and sharing testimonies and you're like, God is so good, but will he do that for me? But when we sit and we be still and we think back over the years of how faithful God has been to us, it speaks to our hearts. It stirs up our hearts. It changes that hopelessness of looking to yourself to now hope that you have in Jesus, to peace that you have in Jesus, to humility that you have in Jesus. Like the scripture says, humble yourself under God. By casting your cares unto Him. So I want to encourage you, my first point this morning, instead of looking back and looking to yourself, let's have eyes that see Jesus and let's look back. Spend time writing down the things that God has been so faithful to you in your life and allow Him to stir those things up in your heart. And secondly, the second point is that we rest. And as I mentioned, everyone coming to church this morning was so funny. Everyone looked so rested and they were so, so happy to be back at church. You know, I think especially for our teams over the December period is always, you know, a lot of people go away. So a lot of people end up serving three, four weeks in a row. And, uh, and so they get a little bit tired towards the end of the year. And coming back now in January, everyone just looks so refreshed and they look so happy to be back and they've spent time with family. And that's so great. But how many of us, and I've been there go on leave, and we come back, uh, and we go back to work, and someone asks you how, how your holiday was, and you say, oh, it was great, but it feels like I never left. It feels like I haven't been on leave. Am I right? You know, there's something about just going on holiday that doesn't give you sustaining rest, and it's so good to go on holiday. You know, it's also scriptural for us to rest mentally and physically. I mean, Jesus did it. It's so good for us to go and go away and spend time with family and be in community over, over that December period, but it's something that just unfortunately doesn't sustain us, And for me, what I really believe that looks like is that we, we end up just trying to push everything aside in our lives. You know you go on holiday and you're like, "I'm just going to leave this all behind me." <laughs> you know. All the stress and everything that I was feeling over this time, I'm going to go on holiday and I'm just going to forget it all. You know, every time it comes up, it's like can we just maybe go and spend on something else, go for another adventure. Anything to forget what's going on in your life. You know? We use that time to to just mask everything that's going on. All of those things that we are feeling, all those emotions that we are feeling, we try and just have a holiday and and it works until you get back to work. (laughs) And then everything just comes flooding back. Am I right? And in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, it says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I want to go back to 1 Peter 5, and 1 Peter 5 says that we should be casting our cares unto him. Humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God, how do we do that? We cast our cares unto him. And this is the answer for me. This is the thing that God was ministering to me over that time. So I went through this period where now God was dealing with my heart and he was, he was ministering to me how much I'm loved by God. And that was so great, you know. When, you, when God stirs those things up in your heart again, you know, you feel just amazing. Am I wrong? It feels like nothing else matters in the world. You have so much rest and so much peace and you just relax for a while. But then God started dealing with the rest in me. And this was all over the December period as well. And I. I started thinking about how I'm actively able to cast my cares unto Jesus. How I'm actively able to to be in a space where I can truly have rest. You know, we read the scripture now that we can go to God and He gives us rest. But what does that even look like? You know, we can. How often has someone said that to you when you stressed? You know, count it all joy, or cast your care, or this too shall pass but what does that look like like does that really help when someone just says that to you does that really help because for me honestly I don't even know what that meant for me I don't even know how that looked for me and in 1 Peter five sixty seven, it says humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you And I really believe this is a two-step process. That's why these things in isolation can't make sense. They don't make sense. And I listened to another sermon from a pastor, and he said this. He said, without a revelation of love, God's love being for you, there's no operation of faith. So without you understanding how much you love by God, how are you meant to cast your care unto Him? If you don't know how much you love by God, what does this even mean to you? How do you cast your care? How can you cast your care into someone that you don't even know if he's going to give you rest, if he's going to meet your need? So I want to encourage you with both of these points. Spend that time looking back. Spend that time understanding and receiving from God. Spend time pressing into the word about how much you are loved by him and allow him to make that known to you. Allow him to minister to your heart. And in that space, we were able to be still. In that space, we were able to cast those cares unto God. In that space, we were able to say, you're faithful no matter what I'm feeling like. You're faithful. No matter what has happened in my life, you're faithful. No matter what I might feel like I'm failing at, no matter what feels hopeless going into 2022, you're faithful. Amen? But the truth is, we can't do these things without understanding how much we are loved by God. And this looked... To me, over that period, you know, like I said, in the context of my life, when I was looking back and I was thinking to myself, this can't be it. This can't be who I am. This can't be the be all and end all. And then God ministering to me how much He loved me, I had to practically get into a space where I was casting those cares unto God. I had to practically get into a space where I was able to to rely on Him and humble myself under Him. And humility for me was something, in the biblical context, is something that He really stressed on my heart over this time. And as I mentioned, that humility is being able to cast your care unto God so that He extends His grace to you. And what that looks like is you looking at that situation and handing it physically over to God. And I used to sit there and and in my mind, you know, look back and think this is the thing that I'm struggling with. And I used to just visualize in my mind how much God loves me and me physically handing it over to God and allowing Him to change my heart around that, allowing Him to, to correct my unbelief around that. And, you know, when we're in that space where we're unable to humble ourselves under God, what that really looks like, and this is why I believe it says, God gives grace to the humble but opposes the proud, the proud is that we really get to a space where we're looking at ourselves as God. And that's hard to, hard to take. You know, if you're looking back, and you're saying, I need this breakthrough in my life, but I'm gonna work harder next year. I need this this breakthrough in my life, but I'm gonna do it better next year. You're really saying, God, I've got this. I'm the one that has this. I'm the one that's gonna do this. And that's where this humility comes in. So God started dealing with that in my heart, and that's rough as well. You know, when God starts dealing with these things and telling you that, you know, the things that you're bad at is because of you, which is the truth, you know, that can be tough. But this all got me to the space where I was able to cast my care unto God. And as soon as I did that, as soon as I was in the space to be able to cast my care, things started changing in my life. And it wasn't physical things. You know, things didn't happen immediately where my circumstances changed immediately, but there was so much joy in my life. There was so much peace in my life. And looking back, it's one of the best times of my whole life. And nothing had changed except that I was able to be freed from the things of this world, just by not looking at me, just by not looking at ourselves, we were able to receive that rest, like it says in Matthew. And the last point is that we look forward. And so often when we look forward, we we get into a space where we're having to look back to look forward. Am I right? You know, How do we know what to look forward to or towards if we haven't evaluated anything in our lives? And evaluating things in our lives, the definition of, of that evaluating is giving a value to something in our lives. And I know we've spoken about how much we value by God, and He's the one that dictates that value to us. But this was a time again for me now where I was in this process where I was receiving this rest now, and this was over now about a six-month period, and I got into a space where now God was starting to speak to me about some personal things and and steps of faith that He wanted me to take in my life. Have any of you ever been there where God wants you to take a step of faith, but it's something that you're just not ready to do? You know, he asks, He's asking you to do something, and, and it just seems absolutely crazy to you in that moment. It seems like this is impossible for me to do. This is, in normal eyes, this would look insane for you to do. And it feels impossible. The other thing that often happens with this is that God lays something on your heart and he's asking you or he's telling you what you're called to. And he has these massive dreams for you in your life. And you look at it and you think to yourself, there is no ways that I can do that. There's no ways that I can fulfill that. I'm here and it's maybe three lifetimes I'd be able to do that with my life. Have any of you ever felt that? And so often we turn around and and we just go back to what we've been doing the whole time. We just start looking back. And you know, we know in scripture it talks about the fact that those who look back are unfit for the kingdom. And that's hard to hear as well. And God started ministering these things to me. You know, I've gone through this whole process of Getting to a space where now God was speaking to me, and I was so excited, and then he puts this thing before me, and I'm like, Maybe I should go back. <laughs> Maybe times were better before. And in Matthew six thirty-three it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And again, that's a scripture that so many people throw out. Am I right? You know what you need to do in this moment? You need to seek first the kingdom of God. You need to be better at seeking first the kingdom of God. And that scripture is just not in that context. Again, that's just saying to you, be better. Next year, be better. Next year, be a better Christian. Do things better. Be better in every single area of your life, and then God will show up, and He will do something for you, specifically what you've been asking Him for. But what I love about the scripture, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Whose righteousness? Jesus' righteousness. We're not the ones that what we do by seeking first the kingdom of God, we're getting in God's good books. We're able to seek the kingdom of God because we already have the righteousness in Jesus. We already have the right standing in Jesus. You know, in Hebrews it talks about the fact that we can go boldly to the throne of grace where we receive more grace and we receive more mercy. Does that sound like be better at... Doing things right in church, and you can go to God and you can receive. Does that sound like that? It doesn't sound like it to me. And when I first heard the scripture, I was like, yo, I want to be a faith guy. Does anyone also promise God that? I want to be this faith guy. I want to be the guy, when people look at me like, that guy is a giant of faith. And I'm like, and that's a good thing to want, you know? In my mind, I'm like, that's great. Like, I really want to trust God with everything I am, everything that I am. But again, what that looked like was me looking to me again. And <laughs> I don't know that sounds counterintuitive, but I was like, I am going to be so faithful. I'm going to be so good. Whatever you ask me to do, I am going to do that. And again, in that moment, God said to me, humble yourself. <laughs> and all of those scriptures of 1 Peter 5 came back to me. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and He is the one who will exalt you in due time. He is the one that sustains you. He is the one that gives you the grace to do everything that he has called you to do. But we somehow take these things, and not eyes that see Jesus, but eyes that see ourselves in all of these areas. And that's tough to see. That's tough to to receive. Am I right? It's tough to know that everything that we are, we should be seeing Jesus in. Everything that we are, we should be relying on God to extend his grace to us. God gives grace to the humble and again, what does that look like? It's casting the cares unto him. Also in Matthew 6, it says, Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So here we are, we're looking, me in that, in that period, I'm looking forward. I'm like, I've gone through the stage where now God has told me how much he loves me. He's taught me how to cast my care. He's taught me how to rest. He's asked me how to move forward. He's trying to teach me how to not do it in my own strength, which was the first point that he was trying to, to put in my heart. And then I read the scripture, do not be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. And the important thing in this for me is that we so often have these visions for our lives. We so often have these things in our lives where we're just waiting for that thing to happen in our lives. Am I wrong? We're just waiting for God to start something in our lives. We're waiting for that break. We're waiting for that, that space where we're like, now I can start doing what I'm called to do. Now I can start having influence in what God has created me for. Now I can start you know, doing whatever it is that's on your heart. And so often, unfortunately, and this is what it looked like to me at the start as well, is us waiting for things of this world to come into our lives to give us value. You know? For me, what that looked like when I was in business is we were, we were trying to do quite a lucrative deal for us at that time. And for me, every time I started feeling bad about myself, I would go into that space of, but just wait till that deal happens. Just wait till I get all that money. And I'll have this car, this house. People look at me, that guy's successful. That guy's cool. I want to date that guy. (laughs) It's the truth. Is that not how we feel? You know? (laughs) Thanks for that, John. Am I wrong, though? We start looking at all of these things. Waiting for this break. But... When God even starts putting that vision on your heart, these godly things that God wants you to do in your life, we so often see that vision, like I said, and we so, it's so big that we like, I'll just wait till that happens. I'll just wait till something happens. I'll wait till something shifts. But the truth is, according to Matthew 6, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. God gives us grace for today. There will be grace tomorrow. There will be time for grace tomorrow. There will be time to worry about things tomorrow. But we so often end up not fulfilling anything in our lives because we're waiting for this massive thing to happen in our lives when God wants to meet you where you are every single day. There is grace tomorrow, but grace is for now. Grace is for today. Grace wants to transform you and wants to exalt you today. Wants to do something through your life today. And I shared something with the young adults a few years back now. um, And it was basically, vision is for tomorrow, but calling is for today. What are you called to do today? What are you called to do now? You know, we're called to do something now. God's not thinking, I'm going to waste their life until this point of their life. You know, so often we quote Jeremiah 1.5, where it says that Jeremiah was already given away to the nations as a prophet. God has given you away to something already in your life. We just need to humble ourselves under him and let him exalt us in the correct time. Am I right? So here I was in this process and the Lord was humbling me in every way. It was great, it was a wonderful time. But the Lord then asked me to step out in faith and leave my job and go into ministry. And if he had asked me that six months before, I would have probably just ignored it and thought to myself I just want out I just want out of my job I just want something different so I'll stay there and I just want to say sometimes a faith move is also asking God asking you to stay in a place you know so often we think faith moves is God asking you to leave something but so often it's a bigger faith move for God to ask you to stay in a place for a season am I right? And I think so often we burnt out and we weary in places where God wants us, but it's just because we've got this turned around and we're looking at ourselves. Whereas in any area we can be, God can give us grace and He can give us rest. The Apostle Paul cries out to God and he says, Take this thorn from my side. This is the Apostle Paul. <laughs> None of us have done what Paul did. And God turns around and He says, My grace is sufficient for you. You can be in any area, any season, And God's grace can make that a great season for you. Even the circumstances might not change, but you'll have peace and you'll have rest and you'll have fulfillment if you just shift your eyes from you and what you can do to Jesus and what he can do in your life. Amen? And so I was in that place and God asked me to step out in faith. And I remember phoning my brother and I was like, I think God might be calling me into ministry. And if anyone knows my brother, he's the one... (laughs) That is the, the ministry guy, you know? He's the one that is always sharing the gospel with everyone, is so steadfast in, in pressing into God. And I'm the one phoning him saying, I think God's calling me into ministry, but I don't know. And I remember God, there, there was a pastor I was listening to during that time, Over, I mean, along with Pastor Adrian, obviously, and he shared a message um, that was on um, when Jesus called the first disciples. And he basically said to them, drop your nets and follow me. So I heard this, or I, I first heard a message from another pastor, and, and the Lord, I'm you know, being completely honest, the Lord led me to listen to that message, listen to the message it was that scripture on that message about when God called his first disciples. And then my brother phones me up, and he says to me, the pastor that I had been listening to that year, is now coming to South Africa, do I want to go listen, and I think it was the Thursday, the Friday was the message, and I, we went through, and it ended up being a pastor's conference, I don't know if that was prophetic, <laughs> but they let us in, somehow, they gave us little pamphlets and whatever, I think they thought we were pastors, and, uh, and we went, it was full, so they walked us all the way to the front of the church, and this pastor came out, and he, and he shared, and he shared on the exact same message about how God, Jesus called his first disciples. And in that moment, God said to me, this is how much I love you. I sent him here to share this message for you. And in that moment, the pastor said, I wasn't meant to be here today. But they heard I was coming past. (laughs) I wasn't even meant to be in Joburg. And they asked me if I could come and share on my way. And God said, that's how much I love you. And in the same message, the same scripture, And in that moment, there was nothing I could do but know how much I was loved. There was nothing I could do but cast my cares unto God. There was nothing I could do but take a step of faith. I remember my brother was there with me that day, and Dean, Adrian's cousin, was there. And as he started preaching, I'd walked this journey with him, they looked at me and they basically said, if you don't step out now, you're an idiot. (laughs) And there is nothing in my life, That has been more more of a blessing than that in my life. Than God giving me purpose. than God giving me a place to be. So I quit my job, and the Lord just started confirming things to me in miraculous ways. And I don't have time to share it all this morning, but in some miraculous ways, God started just sharing things. People prophesying that I didn't even know of, just coming and speaking to me. Um, And so I quit my job. Now I had nothing, so I had some bills to pay. And over that time, I've never had more rest in all of my life. I've never had more peace in all of my life. I've been through this process where no matter what I was going through, I was able to cast my care unto God. There was nothing that could convince me that God wasn't going to care for me. And over that period, he sustained me somehow financially through those three months. And three months later, or probably two weeks later, I was still wondering, Lord, where do you want me to go into ministry? So I, I went to Anchor. I was part of Anchor, but I went to Pastor Adrian and said to him, I don't know, I've just stepped out in ministry. I've stepped, just stepped out in faith. I feel like the Lord's calling me. Can I just serve on staff for free for a while? And he was like, well, that's a great deal. You know, <laughs> free staff member for a while. Um, that was so great. And he was so gracious to allow me to do that. And three months into that, They asked me to come on staff. A year and a half after that, I was ordained as a pastor at Anchor Church. God is so faithful to put you in the right place at the right time. If you'll just humble yourself under Him. If you'll just humble yourself under Him. There is nothing I could have done in that time to be where I am today. Nothing I could have done. It was a complete sideways step for me to go into ministry. There is nothing I could have done to have earned where I am today, to earn the fulfillment I have, the purpose I have, to be able to do what I'm called to do. So I want to encourage you this morning by lastly reading 1 Peter 5, 8 to 11. It says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace... Who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So we've been talking this whole time. That's the last part of one Peter five, about us humbling ourselves under God, receiving the grace from God, casting our cares unto God. And I know some of you might be in that space now, but you haven't had a breakthrough yet. And you are thinking to yourself, what is going on? And in James 1, it says, Count it all joy when you go through random trials and tribulations. Let patience have its perfect work in you, that you may be made whole, lacking nothing. If you're in that season now where you've taken that step of faith, where you're relying on God, where you're pressing into how much He loves you, how much He cares for you, if your eyes are fixed on Him and He's extending this grace to you in your life, I want to say to you, be still, be at rest. Because in due time, He Himself will restore you, confirm you, strengthen you, and establish you. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and He will exalt you in due time. He will put you in a higher place in due time. Amen. The other thing that God spoke to me about in that season is spending time just hearing from Him. You know, so often we make these plans without Him. And so often we pray, but we don't take time to be still and listen. So often we pray and we spend time in worship and we're asking God to so many things, asking God for so many things. But how often do we get still and just allow God to speak to us? Allow God to have a moment with us and share with us and love on us. And I think it's in Isaiah, it says whether we look left or right or up or down, we'll hear God's voice and we can go in the direction that he's leading us. We are his children. We are the ones that he loves. He wants to speak to you. He wants to lead you and he wants to guide you. So, in summary, I just want to give these three steps. And firstly, we look back, but we don't look back at ourselves. We don't look back at what we have or haven't done. Nothing we can do right is bigger than what Jesus has done for us already. Nothing we can do wrong is bigger than what Jesus has done for us already. It's already been settled. So we look back and we feed on His faithfulness. We feed on the things that He has done for us in our lives. We feed on His goodness. We press into the love that He has shown us personally. We press into Scripture about how much He loves us. Allow Him to minister to our hearts about how much He just, how much He really cares for us. And after that, we rest and we cast our care unto Him. We spend time being still. We wait on Him. In Isaiah 64:4, it says. No eye has seen, no ear has heard of a God who works on behalf of those who wait on Him. So we rest. We wait on Him. We let Him lead us and guide us. And the third step, we look forward and we hear from Him and go in faith. Amen. And I want to encourage you guys, there's no skipping these steps. It's impossible for us to step out in faith if we don't truly understand how much we cared for. If we don't truly understand the righteousness that we have in Christ Jesus, in our faith in Christ Jesus, our ability to go to our Father, go boldly to the throne of grace and receive.